Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, as in previous episodes, we're going to share a case study. And this is of a young lady that came to abort five separate times. We're going to share some principles of how we minister to her. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. We are doing an episode, uh, much like some of the ones we've done in the past couple of weeks, which is a case study about a uh, mom that we've encountered at the abortion center here in Charlotte that our team was able to minister to and sharing some principles along with that story. So we're just talking through a story and um, then sharing equipping principles that we learned, that we've employed and hopefully the story will be a blessing, and hopefully that uh, the principles will be a blessing. And as always, this young lady, this is a real story mm-hmm. um, with a real woman yep. and family associated with it. But we changed her name because we don't want to expose her identity. We just want you guys to learn from the situation. And as always, because I forgot to mention this when I first introduced this podcast, we want you to share this podcast. Mm-hmm. Share it with people. Get folks listening to the podcast um, because we want folks to be equipped. We want believers to be equipped to go out to the abortion centers. Stories like this are just evidence that going out to an abortion center is effective. When you show up at an abortion center, God will use you to save babies. And so show up. Show up equipped, though. We have these um, podcasts. We have our Sidewalks for Life website, sidewalks4life.com, in order to equip you. We also have resources um, we have a training that we do here in Love Life in our office once a month. Uh, we actually do it via Zoom. We record it here in our office, but we do it the first Saturday of every month from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you want information about that, uh, we would certainly love to give that information to you. There is some a few hoops you have to jump through to get in the uh, get an invite to that training. You have to fill out an application and a little bit of a vetting process which, of course, I'm sure you all can agree is necessary. Um, but if you want more information about that, you can go to lovelife.org slash America, and there's some information there. Or you can email me if you want, daniel at lovelife.org. I'd love to get you in the right direction as far as um, information, sign up, and that sort of thing. But with that, let's jump into this case study. Okay. What's this story about? Yeah, so this is one of the most unusual cases I have faced, as most of the case studies we're doing are, because that's why they stick in my mind. But yeah. this woman, we'll call her Gina. Okay. Um, like many of the women that come to the abortion center, they are um, very conflicted. Mm-hmm. It, most are. Most have not made up their mind. And the first 48 hours after a choice for life is critical. Yeah. You know, they, they're returning to the same situation that they came from. Yeah. And um and so in that 48 hours that they have just made a choice of life. I mean, you can probably talk about that too. What what do we see in those first 48 hours? Yeah. Well, yeah, there is the the back and forth. The reality yeah. is that the woman is going back to the same situation. Right. Even if she, which we've seen many, choose not just life but choose the Lord, like right. turn their hearts yeah. to the Lord. Even if yeah. she surrendered her life to Jesus, there's still going to be temptations. Mm-hmm. There's still going to be a temptation for her to go back to the abortion center. Yep. 
So we want to, as best we can, build a relationship and follow up with her, reinforce her decision for life, encourage her, mm-hmm. point her in the right direction for resources and things to meet her needs, because we certainly don't want the enemy influencing her to go back to the abortion center. But right. sadly, that does happen sometimes. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, and I think one of the principles that, it, that we just see in uh, really uh, across the board, conflict is there. Yeah. It's not unusual. And it doesn't go away yeah. when, when they've made a choice for life. In in this case, this is a woman who appeared. I'm not going to tell you how many separate times to abort the same baby because I don't want to give away the story as I tell it, but several, just yeah. so that you know, several times. And um, and so she changed her mind back and forth multiple times. Yeah. And again, not unusual. Happens all the time. It sure does. So I'll, I'll give you the a little... You know how how I met her. I she had stopped for actually one of our other counselors up the street from the abortion center. She had pulled over in her car. I believe she was alone, and the boyfriend was up the street at a fast food restaurant. I think at McDonald's. So the counselor who stopped her, I believe, was relatively new. But for whatever reason, maybe she just wasn't getting in anywhere with Gina, and she called called me over. And I I came over to talk to Gina. And as I'm approaching this stranger, her mouth falls open and she's staring at me like she has seen a ghost. And um, and as I get to the window and I said, hi, my my name is Vicky. And she says, I know you. And I'm looking at her thinking, I don't know you or I don't remember you. And she said, I saw you this morning in my window. (laughs) I'm like, what? That's kind of (laughs) creepy. It does sound creepy. And I want to tell you, I am not a stalker. She said she saw the face, my face in her curtains and a vision, an image. And she's looking straight at me saying it was you. And she said that it was when she and her boyfriend first woke up, they see my face in the curtains. And um, she even asked the boyfriend, do you see a face in the curtains? And the boyfriend said, yes. But the face that he saw was a skull. Oh, wow. He saw a skull. She saw my face and she's telling me up and down it was you i saw your face that's wow. about as weird as a thing that has happened to me yeah ever out of yeah. the abortion center pretty, pretty strange so, <laughs> you know i um and and i'm not a kook mm-hmm. i want you to know that i'll testify front. to the fact that you're okay. mostly not a kook. mostly not a kook but now i do wear an umbrella hat yeah when it true. rains and a fanny pack that's and like a- the size of a backpack <laughs> right but other than that, I am not a kook, and and yet she was did she was telling me this was a vision. Yeah, and so I I asked her, well, what do you think that means? And she she said, I think your face is a choice for life, and the skull that my boyfriend saw was a choice for abortion. Yeah. Yeah. So she even outlines that there's this conflict already in her heart. When she said that, wouldn't you think that means the boyfriend's coercing yeah. the abortion? Because he saw the skull. Yeah. And she saw my face was the choice for life, apparently. Anyway, um, she, uh, so I conclude she's probably leaning towards keeping the baby. I'm able to convince her to go on to our mobile ultrasound unit, which is parked right in front of her. Yeah. She didn't even go into the abortion center. She had an appointment, but um, she, she really pretty easily went on the RV. Sees the baby, is overjoyed, 
calls the boyfriend, um, who is then her, and her, she had an appointment, but the, she was not yet late for the appointment. Yeah. And I'm terrified if she's going to be calling the boyfriend because he saw a skull. Yeah. So <laughs> he's going to tell her, what about my vision? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid he's going to bring her um, right back. So I share the gospel with her. She was interested but and receptive, but did not ask Jesus to be Lord. She didn't want to make a commitment right away. She wanted to think about it. But um, she, she said she had made a choice for life. Solid choice for yeah, life. Yeah. And and she leaves. Yeah. So, uh, so the principle within this, guys, and I want to encourage you with this, is that you should never discount the miraculous. Even when it's kooky. Even when it's kooky <laughs> and it's weird. Like, God does weird stuff from time to time. And mm-hmm. certainly there are kooky Christians that, you know, they see a devil behind every bush or an angel, you know, they well, angels fly around them all the time and there's just right. some, some weirdness. That's not yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about the fact that God does speak to people. Sometimes in dreams, I've encountered women at the abortion center who God gave them a dream about their baby and the fact that they should not have the abortion. And God can do that, right? Yeah. yeah. God can show them a vision and a curtain. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to always obey what right. that vision is intended to do. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I pray about, I pray for oftentimes is, Lord, give these women a sign. Yeah. Give them a sign. Maybe they yeah. see a bumper sticker along their, their pathway to the abortion center that yeah. says, you know, abortion stops a beating heart or something like that. Maybe they encounter a friend from high school they hadn't seen in a long time that shares the gospel with them. I know one story, um, this has been some years ago. We were actually, me and Brother Patrick, mm-hmm. who used to drive the mobile unit, oh, were out yeah. in front of the abortion Great center. Guy. Yeah. And this lady comes walking through the woods. And she lived in the neighborhood back behind the abortion center. She knew why we were there, and she wanted to come and encourage us that she encountered a woman at the bus stop a couple of weeks ago that was headed to the abortion center, and she talked her out of the abortion. Wow. So the girl, and she said, you know, I followed up with her. She comes over to my house. I'm discipling her and all of this. And I'm like, you know what? I pray for you. I pray for women like you, for people like you, to be that sign along her way. She was headed to the abortion center at the bus stop, about to get on the bus to come to the abortion center. This lady was in her path, help her to choose life. Wow. So she was an answer to prayer. Never discount the miraculous. God does miracles, even though they sometimes might be weird. uh, We should trust the Lord to do that um, um, because he's a God that that does miracles. He does. And I I must say that that one... It really was a faith builder. It's yep. like, okay, my face is being used in the curtains. This is <laughs> this is awesome. Anyway, um, she left, and I'm convinced this is a clear sure. choice for life. She saw my face in the curtain. She chose life. She told us she chose life. She's heard the gospel. So the next day I text her, and she was very honest. She was honest through this whole process, by yeah. the way. Um, she was honest that she was wavering. She said that she, it comes out, she believes the boyfriend, oh, oh, I forgot an important part of the story in the first, uh, in the story when she, when she called the boyfriend, she said, Vicki is the counselor here. She has taken videos and pictures of the baby. I want her to send it to you. So I've got his name and number. He's got my name and number. That becomes important later in the story. So um, anyway, so she, uh, when I when I text her, she said she believes that that boyfriend um, was cheating on her. 
She didn't want to be tied down to him for the next 18 years, so she says it's better to abort, and she had already made a second appointment wow. already. I mean, it's not even 12 hours, or, well, it was not more than 24 hours. She's, yeah. and, and she's already made a second appointment. I beg her to let me come, have lunch with her so we can talk more. She lived really far away, but she finally agreed. Yeah. And I met her for lunch. Um, at this point, I share the gospel more fully, and she is recognizing if she had followed God earlier in her life the way she should have been following God, then she wouldn't be in the mess she was in right now. Yeah. And so the discussion is really fruitful, and she ends up saying she wants to submit her life to Jesus. To me, this is critically important because I know this is someone who's wavering, yeah. who's going to go back and forth, and, and if— most of the time, if they give their life to the Lord, at least there's a stronger chance that they're going to be wanting to please Him and that that abortion will at least be more off of the table. Yeah. So she promised to cancel the appointment to abort for the following day and even allowed me to call the mentor that we had set up for her right then and there. They set up a meeting for a few days later. I go home again feeling now her choice is solid. Yeah. So, um, but that wasn't the case. Well, because um, <laughs> conflict can continue and it will right. continue. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got to be ready for that. I mean, there can be this mentality that as soon as they tell you they sh- they've chosen life or even that they submitted their life to Jesus. Right. And oh, you can breathe. You can right. exhale. Yeah. But that's not always the case. That's yeah. a win, right? A yeah. decision for life. Praise God for that. Yeah. But we still have to press in. We still have to be ready. Um, for many women, that's the case, right? They choose life. They're, you can't exhale. They can exhale. Okay, I finally did and chose what I knew was the right thing. Yeah. But we need to be ready for, for conflict to continue in these women's lives and continue to, as best we can, walk alongside them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So a few days later, though, I'm at this point, I have exhaled. I thought, okay, she, cho- she chose Jesus, all's well. I, I, I texted her every day, um, and everything sounded like it was going okay. But a few days later, I get a call from the boyfriend. Now, remember, he had my phone number okay. because of those pictures that I sent earlier of the ultrasound. So he calls me. He didn't speak great English, but well enough English that he tells me Gina is on her way back to the abortion center. Oh, wow. It turns out he was the one that wanted the baby, even though he saw the skull in the curtain. He wanted the baby. He was in love with Gina. He had not been totally committed to her, he said, but he was now. He wanted the baby, loved the baby already, and begged me, go out there. Are you there? And I wasn't. It was actually one of my days off. But he said, can you go out there? Please stop her. Save my baby. So um, so uh, I go out there. The boyfriend is updating me periodically throughout the morning. I'm waiting, and we never see Gina. Then he said he had met Gina. He had told her they needed to do some shopping before heading to the abortion center. He convinces them they have plenty of time and, and shops for so long that she actually misses the appointment. Okay. <laughs> and, being a and, t- <laughs> and the boyfriend calls to tell me they're returning home. And Gina is like, okay, well, I miss the appointment. Maybe, maybe God doesn't really want me to do that. The boyfriend begs me, don't tell her. I did this. Don't tell her that you you con- that I contacted you or she'll break up with me. Um, but I I now know that Gina is still abortion minded because of all of that. So I call her, um, checking, ch- telling her I'm checking in on her. 
finding out had she met with the mentor, which I think the schedule for meeting with the mentor had passed at the point that I called her. She had not. And she just told me that something had come up. She'd missed the meeting, didn't tell me that she had um, returned for the abortion. So again, I counsel as I would any abortion-minded woman at that point, reiterating our three talking points, humanity of the baby, what God says about the baby, and our various resources. And we talked again about the value of this precious child. And I start getting her to talk about baby names because she still is at least pretending that she has made a choice for life. So we're talking about baby's names. And she told me that if it was a boy, she wanted to name him Leo, spelled L-I-O. I had never seen a name spelled that way. Have you, no, Leo, um, L-I-O? Not, not necessarily. I, I don't know. But anyway, she sounds genuinely excited about baby Leo. And um, and so the the next day, um, I'm scheduled to go out, out of town. I drive. I'm like two hours out of town, and I pass a strange billboard. It was a white background, and in the middle of the billboard was one word, L-I-O. Now, I know that sounds almost kookier- than the vision in the curtains. Okay. This is a true story, Daniel. Because yeah. you're looking at me a little funny. Like, I, I, seriously, I Mickey. believe you. I remember this story actually playing out. So I, I call Gina right away. Call Gina and, and tell her what I've seen. And there's dead silence. Um, and she said, where are you? And I, for some reason, there's something in my heart that's saying, she's trying to find out if I'm near the abortion center. I'll bet she's back. Oh, wow. I mean, that was just, it was like maybe a message from God, but just why was she asking where, where am I? So I just said, I'm, I'm on the road. And, um, but I just had to tell you about Leo. This, I mean, it, I don't even know. There's no advertisement. There's nothing. There's just the word Leo. I was driving on the interstate, so I couldn't stop and take a picture of it. But um, a few minutes later, I get a text from the boyfriend, Frantic. She is indeed at the abortion center again and planning to abort. And I tried, I text over and over and over again, no answer. Um, I text verses to support the choice for life, no answer. And I'm really sad thinking she is going to do it this time. This was, by the way, if you're keeping count, the fourth time that she had made an appointment to kill her child. And later that day, the boyfriend texted me, Gina had returned without aborting. And you know why? Because I had called about the name Leo on the billboard. And when she heard that, she thought, I, I can't kill Leo. Yeah. Vicky just saw a sign from sign God. from the Lord. Yeah. 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 Think about the timing of that. Like, what's the chances that you were driving by and you see this billboard, this, this exact name, exact spelling that she had mentioned to you. Yeah. And then you decided, I mean, because you could have looked at that and said, hey, that's interesting. That's I'll, cool. I'll, I'll text Gina later on yeah. and just encourage yeah. her. I saw this. Maybe she can drive by and see it too. Yeah. You decided to text her in that moment, the yeah. moment where she's at the abortion center. Yeah. And that's what caused her to turn away that fourth, fourth time. Fourth time. Yeah. And uh, just remember, guys, God is faithful. Uh, yeah. Never give up hope. At that point, this is one of the things I encourage our, our volunteers here locally with. Even if you've poured out your heart to a mom, because this happened to me several times, yeah. where I'm you know, talking car side to a mom and a dad or whatever, and pouring everything I can out to help them to choose life, help them to see God's provision for them and for their baby, and then they go into the abortion center. Yeah. Oh, it's and in those moments, it's like your heart sinks. Yeah. It's like, oh, 
But I remind myself of stories like this. I remind myself of stories like the one we shared a couple of weeks ago, where I actually found out while we were recording the podcast that that couple that I I talked to on the sidewalk there, while you guys were training on the sidewalk, actually left and chose life. Yeah. Um, Because of stories like that, like I'm encouraged. Don't give up hope. Yeah. Give Give the, the the message, plant the seeds, say what God's put in your heart to say, and leave the results up to Him. Yeah. And you never know what God's going to do and like just He did in this trust. situation. He can do just the most bizarre, kooky things. Anyway, so over the next couple of weeks, I text often, I call often. The mentor called me, though, to say, Gina is ignoring her. She has not answered any of the texts to me. That's not a good sign at yeah. all. Given the obvious conflict in her heart, I'm really concerned. But she texted me at one point that a water pipe in her home had burst, and she had called the plumber. Water's everywhere. She, I think it was a water pipe. I hope I'm remembering that. There was something, though, in her home. I think it was the water pipe. And she couldn't get a plumber out there. She didn't know what to do. And I called the mentor. And, and who she, remember, has been ignoring, has never met. Yeah. The mentor gets a hold of people at her church, and within minutes, they get people, or an hour, I think, an hour later, people are at Gina's house fixing the water pipe. Wow. And, and Gina um, was so grateful and so, she just couldn't believe total strangers had poured out all of this help for her. So now she's beginning to see God at work. Yeah. And and she begins taking on talking about the power of God when we follow him. Yeah. So um and I and I'm scheduled to go out of town again. And I I so I leave to go out of town now feeling she is in good yeah. hands. Yeah. She's met the mentor and she knows that there is a whole church filled of people who love God who really were there for her. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another important principle, too. Yeah, yeah. It's the body of Christ yeah. working together in that situation to help reinforce that decision for life, yeah. even though, uh, thankfully, this mentor, even though she was being rejected time and yeah. again, didn't yeah. give up hope right? and was able to rally some folks from her church to go and meet a practical need yeah. for this young lady, which yeah. absolutely was a testimony to her of the goodness of God. Yeah. So don't think you're a lone ranger out there. You're not. The people of God are there and they are powerful. Yeah. And various aspects too. I mean, it's not just people on the sidewalk. It's mentors. It's right. churches. It's mm-hmm. pastors. Mm-hmm. It's pregnancy centers. It's all of these components working together. And that's why we need to do the best we can to build unity with yeah. others. Why we need yeah. to do the best we can as sidewalk counselors, as side people are doing sidewalk outreach, to build relationships with churches so that you can get on the phone. It's one of the things that God has done just that's so vital here in Charlotte is raising up churches yeah. to ID mentors, people yeah. that'll walk alongside a mom, people who can't come out to the sidewalk for whatever reason, but can walk alongside a mom so that our sidewalk counselors can hand them off in a mentoring relationship so that mentor can help do that relationship building and that follow-up and that sort of thing and rallying yeah. their church yeah. to come alongside her. As I recall, actually, the church was not yet a Love Life church, but became one. And actually, it, the pastor came and became very involved in, in yeah. Love Life as a result of of this whole story, because it was such a miraculous yeah. story. Yeah. So um, I'm almost, I, I go out of town, I'm almost four hours out of Charlotte, and I get a call from a fellow counselor at the abortion center. And in fact, that was the counselor who had stopped Gina the first time. That's how the counselor knew her. Okay. And said, Gina's back. This is number five. Wow. If you're counting, Gina's back at the abortion center. And my heart just fell. I said, are you positive? 
and he or she, I can't remember if it was Elijah, which would be he or one of the women. I, I don't remember, but but um, the counselor said, yes, I even called out her name. She turned around. I think you were there that day, in fact. Maybe, yeah. um, but she went in. So I text Gina, who miraculously answers the phone, and she said, she texts back. Well, I, it was a text. Um, I have to do it. I'm sorry. And I... I send a flurry of text as best I can as I'm driving, and not that I recommend that. No one should be doing that, but I was fighting for this baby's life, and um, no response from her. And I get to my destination. It was my son-in-law's, and my, my father, I mean my son and daughter-in-law's, and my um, her father is a pastor. I arrive, ask him to pray. He prays, but we know it's it's ours after I had gotten the original text. So I know I cried. I went on a long walk. I'm sobbing. It, yeah. it, this has been a long process yeah. of working with this mom and, um, and you know, feeling just so sad yeah. for, for this l- life that I had fought so hard for and so many people had fought so hard for. Three hours later, I get a text from that same counselor. You'll never believe it. Gina just came out. She said she's done trying to kill the baby the fifth time she had scheduled the abortion, she wants to go on the mobile ultrasound unit and see her child. And um, so I called her, I texted her, I want to hear all about it when you're done. And she called me afterwards and, and she just said they, she got in the abortion center. They found she had some infection that they could not safely do the abortion. I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah, but surprised too. She, uh, they told her, you, you need to, it's easy to fix this infection. It's easy to get treatment. You need to get treatment first, and then we'll do the abortion. And she just, she threw her hands up and said, I'm done. Yeah. God, you want this baby to live. It's so clear you want this baby to live. I'm done. I will not fight you anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so again, guys, don't give up hope. Don't yeah. give up hope on these moms. Now, yeah. I, I do want to encourage you guys with the fact that this is this is a even though it it happens where a mom goes back and forth f- five times. Yeah, it's pretty uncommon. And as a sidewalk yeah. counselor, it's pretty uncommon that you'll be dealing with a situation like this on a regular basis. You won't right. be right. Um, but these situations do do happen. Like we talked about, be prepared for that. Be prepared for the conflict. Yeah. But also, don't get wrapped up in hopelessness. Again, it's. It's really not not our job to convince them not to have the abortion. It's our yeah. job to deliver the mail, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. God does the work. God changes the heart. So we can't take, like what we say, we can't take ownership of the victories, and we can't take ownership of the apparent defeats. Right. Leave it in the hands of the Lord. And certainly, and, and I know what you're talking about, just going on a walk and just weeping, just like yeah. I poured so much yeah. out for this situation, yeah. and it seems like it's not going to go... Uh, not going to go well, well. at that point, I'm thinking the baby's dead. Yeah. So I'm mourning the death of, of that yeah, baby as sure. well. Sure, and then the destruction that she's going to reap in her life. If she right. went back and forth that many times, yeah. obviously yeah. she's conflicted. Right. Obviously she's going to have regret. Right. She's going to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And But don't give up hope, guys. Don't give up hope. God so, does his thing. And the story didn't end there. A few weeks later, she calls me with devastating news. Her doctor appointment revealed that the baby had, they had done testing, and I think she told me 99% chance this baby would have Down syndrome. Yeah. And I th- I'm thinking it's all over. And she was still within the range She's of She's still within she could that 20 weeks where she could still have an abortion at Latrobe. I'm sure appointment number six is, yeah. is being scheduled. And to my shock, 
She said, they asked me, in fact, I think they told her to consider abortion, but I told them I love my baby no matter what. After being stopped by God so many times, I know this baby is meant to live, and I'm going to take care of my baby no matter what. Yeah. Now, that's a miraculous change of, of heart right there. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Because those, for even folks who would claim to be against abortion, yeah, they might would allow for, you know, the baby's going to have this or have that. Yeah. Um, they might could justify that. Yeah. Yeah. But... Gina wasn't having it, right? Yeah. Her heart had been changed. She finally said, okay, God. It's almost yeah. like Jonah being swallowed by the great fish. It's like, okay, it was. I give yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, and her reception actually was a lot better than Jonah's. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. was happy to, yeah. to have Although that baby. she did of... take five times to get there, five yeah. scheduled abortions. But yeah. each one of those was a trial. Yeah, and absolutely. And was almost a test. Yeah. And I think um, the point here is, that trials can strengthen us. Those yeah. trials, going through um, those tests and having those so many signs along the way, yeah, really strengthen her resolve to the point where, even with a ninety-nine percent certainty that the doctors have that this baby would have Down syndrome, she says, "I'm going to love this baby." No matter what. I could not believe it. I really could not believe it. I was shocked. But anyway, so time for birth comes, and she has the baby, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. I know. She, I think she texted me that she went into labor, and she, she texted, finally, the baby's born, completely normal, healthy, wow. no downs, everything was great. And she said, would you like to come visit? Uh, yeah, you don't have to ask me twice. So, you know, I'm holding that little miracle in my arms, just rejoicing and praising God. And what I wrote in this article was really what I, I we, we will post this article with this, but it was truly what, what my thoughts were. I was thinking, no one will ever believe what it took to get you here. I don't even believe it, but nonetheless, you are here. Praise God, you yeah. are here. Yeah, the reward is worth it. It is so worth it. All of the sacrifice all of the back and forth, and listen, I've been through this personally. Yeah. I know you've been through this roller coaster of, you know, she's solid. She's going right. to uh, get the mentor. She's yeah. chosen life, and then you find out, oh, she's wavering, yeah. and you go back and forth. And that's a mental roller coaster, emotional ro- roller coaster, spiritual roller coaster mm-hmm. that nobody wants to be on, mm-hmm. but it paid off in the end. Yeah, That baby's here. He's loved. His mom even pushed back against some pressure from doctors to have an abortion. Yeah. It's worth it. That baby's life is worth what it took to get her? Her. It was a little girl. Okay. It was a little girl. So it wasn't even a Leo. It turns out it wasn't a Leo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is weird. Why why did God use the word Leo? But he did. And and that was we we laughed about that when the little girl came out. What? It's not Leo? What are you gonna call her? Yeah. Liana, something with Yeah. God's amazing in what he yeah. uh, he allows us to be a part of. So I yeah. hope this story was an encouragement to you guys. And uh, as always, you can reach out to me or Vicky, Daniel at lovelife.org, Vicky at lovelife.org. Share maybe ideas for future podcasts. We're probably going to continue to be sharing some of these case studies and some yeah. principles that have to do with this because we've gotten some good feedback from people that these are encouraging to them. And uh, so we hope they're encouraging to you. And we hope this podcast is an encouragement to you. Please share this podcast, and uh, please leave us some good reviews on our uh, podcast, whatever platform that you use to access these podcasts. I'm sure there's some kind of comment or review thing on there. Please leave a good comment, a good review. And until next time, 
God bless. Since I met you